At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yet another chance to hold ourselves accountable and compete a little bit as we have. It's our third year now of doing this. Danny and I will see who did the best in terms of over-unders, though it still is actually a little bit up in the air. I think it's more interesting, though, to talk about where our predictions were right, where our predictions were wrong about these teams, try to learn from it, and just take a stock of the season in review as well. So why don't we get rolling with the Eastern Conference here, take a look at our over-unders, the Atlanta Hawks, both of us are going to lose this one. Their over-under was 24. And no, we did this in early October. So the lines were maybe a little bit different before as than they were at the very start of the season. And, you know, there are a few injuries that happened before the start of the season. So we'll note that where appropriate. But we had both had the Hawks under 24. They are now projected to win 29 games. They have already proved us wrong here. Where did we go wrong with the Hawks? They do have the point differential per quitting the glass of a 25-win team. So they've they've actually outperformed their point differential by more than any team in the NBA as of this moment. So that's that's a notable part of this. But also Trey Young, we thought he was going to be awful as a rookie, and he has been defensively, but he's been pretty damn good offensively, and that's really keyed a lot of what Atlanta has done. We we both thought they would be terrible defensively. They have, and but being 107.4 offensive rating, that's a few a few points per hundred possessions better than I expected, and that can easily make a difference of a few wins. Yeah, I mean, they still are 26th on offense and 27th on defense. And we knew their defense was going to be terrible. I think there was no way it wasn't. I was very concerned that their only two ball handlers were Young and Jeremy Lin. And we just didn't know that Young was going to be this good. We thought he would have some flashes with his passing. We thought he'd struggle with his shot selection with turnovers that proved to be the case early on in the season um and again i mean they've won 4.9 games more than expected they'd be right on the borderline if they hadn't gotten a little luckier in close games but nonetheless i think the, the big thing has just been young a uh, herder as well actually was you know a 19th overall pick actually giving them some decent play we didn't well, see that either one other thing is i expected them to buy out Dwayne deadman because i thought they wouldn't be good and they weren't good but then they kept him on and maybe they'll re-sign him i understand you know we'll we'll see what we won't know what was offered but we'll see if they end up bringing him back he'll be unrestricted so i thought they would also downgrade there yeah i think they've gotten more from the young guys also we didn't know what lloyd pierce was going to be as a head coach i think he's done a pretty good job overall so yeah i'd say the hawks the hawks have had a better season than expectations but this is an example theoretically let's say for next year's over-unders it's always worth considering how a team whether a team severely over or underperforms their point differential because generally speaking what is used for over-unders the following year is their actual record not their 
their projected record. Couple other notes that John Collins missed time at the start of the year, which we didn't know, but he's also been way better since he came back than I think we thought. I mean, the offense has been really good with he and Trey together. Um, and another thing too is, you know, we didn't know exactly how they would be in terms of like tanking that kind of stuff uh, with the new rules uh, and obviously that hasn't affected them at all uh, i mean they did end up buying out jeremy lynn we talked about him being a trader a buyout candidate and they have not been good with jalen adams on the floor uh, since lynn got moved but that hasn't really mattered <laughs> so uh, well, and, and one thing I wanted to mention that's pretty amazing. I was I had this idea of like, oh man, w- what if the Hawks had lost a little bit more? Would they be in competition for the four seed? But the Bulls basically haven't won a game in a while, so they're the Hawks are currently seven games up in the win column over the Hawks for the fifth worst record. Uh, over the Bulls, you mean, over yeah. the Bulls. Sorry, yeah, over the Bulls for the fifth worst record. So these this surge they've been the the wins that they've had. You know, they beat the Bucks on Sunday. They've had a series of competitive games. It hasn't really cost them anything in terms of draft pick. And since Dallas has won a few games weirdly they're not really facing too much heat in terms of falling to the sixth worst record so that's worked out pretty well for them yeah what a disaster for dallas to win those games without luca um boston was 59 and a half you and i both had the under and i considered even making that one of my best bets we thought it possible that they could get i mean they would have had to win 60 to win that and while i thought that they maybe had the talent i was concerned that al horford could take a step back i was concerned about Kyrie's health and level of performance coming off the surgery he actually has probably been both healthier and more effective than we thought but uh I just felt that 60 wins for a group that just hadn't proven to be at that level of performance was too much I had predicted them for 57 wins so they've been well under that they're they've underperformed their point differential by quite a bit they would have been a little closer to this but no they were getting no way they're getting a 60 and one of the big things that we were wrong about was we thought their bench would absolutely kill people and that hasn't proved to be the case at all when Kyrie has been off the floor yet they've really struggled at least in games that he's played in games that he hasn't played they've actually been better which is weird which is weird and another good example of expected wins versus actual wins boston won 55 last year but had the point differential of a 52 win team and they've been below expectations but i you think about how that three games probably impacted their over under projection you're like oh they're getting gordon hayward back kyrie irving missed a section of the year of course and yeah, and hayward i think has probably been worse than any of us thought he would be right i would i would definitely agree with that so I think we can move on to the first disagreement that we had. And I think this is the order we actually did the podcast. So the Brooklyn Nets... I went over, you went under. I was not as confident in this over as maybe I should have been. 538 currently projects them to win 40. They've already clinched this. And they're just a, I think they're just a better overall team. The 1 to 10 depth overall, I mean, getting really good play from Joe Harris. Kuruks has really helped. Dudley, Carroll, just overall with that. I mean, we thought that they would get good point guard play. Russell has obviously been better than we expected as well. But yeah, I I mean, I, I didn't. I my thought at the beginning was do they have a single guy who's top 20 at their position at point guard as it turned out they had both they two Dinwiddie and Russell so the two guys at the top 10 or 20 at their position um so I mean that that's what one of the you know they Levert only played about half the year but he was better than expected as well especially at the beginning um and then yeah the depth too I mean they had a lot of injuries but never really missed a beat because of that depth which that was one thing that we did now I wasn't like banging this under by any means I I just thought what ultimately was gonna be the difference was that they had their pick for the first time in a while and they would kind of shut things down at the end of the year but they were too close to the playoffs to do that as it turned out yeah and we'll talk about that the how the 
Eastern Conference bottom of the playoff race is going to shake out in a later podcast, but it, it is interesting. That's giving some some juice to a couple of these teams. Unfortunately, probably not to the Charlotte Hornets. Their over-under was set at 35 and a half. This was an over that I felt pretty good about. I've believed in the Hornets for a long time. They've, you know, <laughs> they've underperformed to their point differential for years. They, you know, added they added some interesting pieces, not necessarily the best. I thought that, you know, losing Dwight Howard wasn't going to be that big of a deal. That ended up being right for a for a somewhat different reason. And they still so right now the the over under was set at 35 and a half they have 35 wins now all they have to do is win one of their last five games i fully expect them to do that but i'm not calling that over considering uh. how how deeply they've gotten their asses kicked the last few games it's like well they only have to win one but they do have to win one yeah i mean they actually had one four straight uh, although uh, that miracle jeremy lamb shot it in toronto uh i started my uh discussion of this team with this fucking team because every year it seemed like they're undervalued they would underperform their point differential we'd pick the over we'd end up being wrong uh and that's still kind of close to happening but the the thought was that 35 and a half was just such a low number we knew they would be trying for the playoffs it seemed unlikely that they would make a Kemba trade which obviously they haven't done um so yeah I I think and Walker for a lot of people has probably overperformed what they thought from him that the bench the wing rotation has been in total flux the whole way I mean Nick Batum has been even worse than we thought uh you know Tony Parker solidified backup point guard but it hasn't been able to play that much uh their big situation Cody Zeller we knew he was an injury risk so I mean uh, this is we felt pretty good about it but I think we were smart enough to not make this one of our best bets um but yeah I mean I, I think the number was just a little too low I think you know I picked them for 37 wins it's not like I was really banging those I thought they might make the playoffs at 37 wins actually uh all right here's one that uh I had I think we both had as one of our best bets and we were uh quite correct 30 and a half for the Bulls another team that really overperformed their point differential last year and I think there was that and then remember like they they weren't they weren't that good last year and and they didn't really improve they actually ended up improving more in season than i would have expected you know getting auto porter that was a pretty significant upgrade that we didn't foresee but i didn't like the theory of their offense or their defense you know it was relying a lot on zach levine who i would say has exceeded my expectations though not dramatically and you know they had a lot of injuries in the early part of the season but even with with that kind of without as severe as they were i don't think they would have gotten particularly close to this i think maybe they, they could have been like a 26 27 win team that wouldn't have surprised me at all but why it was a best bet was i thought this was really close to a best case scenario and that turned out to be right i predicted that there was no way they would get out of the bottom five in defense and they're actually 25th right now that's actually that's better than i thought they would be defensively uh but the offense has been atrocious uh, now they did have uh, some issues early in the season um with marketing being out they really just could not score early on they also just uh, were pretty much out of it immediately uh parker was a, a disappointment uh, although levine's been a little bit better than we thought he would you know with his getting to the basket but he's really the only guy they had no shooting on this team wendell carter we thought he'd be a little 
little better offensively. He probably actually was better than we thought we'd be. He would be defensively. Um, yeah, and then the Porter trade. You know, they looked a little bit better during uh, that February time period, but that was really about it. Markkinen now has been shut down at the end, but I mean they weren't coming anywhere close to thirty and a half. I mean there are people in Chicago talking playoffs before the year, and, and I always felt like uh, that was completely insane. So uh, yeah, I, I, their offense has actually been worse than I thought. I mean the the only way we thought that they could actually hit this was they'd be a bottom five defense but maybe they could get up to average with offense if Levine and Parker went nuts and Markinen really took a step forward and you know really Levine is the only guy on this team who's overperformed expectations this year Chris Dunn has been a disaster offensively as well I thought there was more of a, a theory of the case for Cleveland partially because they had a larger wholesale change so I didn't have a feel for exactly what they would be and this idea I, I did the the dunked on season preview there with Joe Varden this idea that LeBron's apathy defensively in the regular season was let's call it infecting the rest of the team that they could be better there those theories had some theoretical basis and we did I, don't, I didn't expect Kevin Love obviously to miss as much time as he did that would have really helped their offense but they had a they were starting a rookie point guard we knew they were going to start a like that they were going to give Colin Sexton a lot of time there was question about him versus George Hill and they ended up farther way farther below their under probably than Chicago but again I think this is because in terms of wins this was close to a worst case scenario for Cleveland yeah well they were 29th in defense last year with LeBron when in theory they had something to play for they are 30th this year and they are a dead fucking last 30th i mean they are almost three points per 100 worse than phoenix who is uh 29th and you know one of the absolute worst defenses relative to the league of all time uh and i didn't quite see that level uh, of issue uh, on uh, and i you know I, I think i still picked them to be at 30 wins so i i thought they could be close to this i thought that love would really help them we didn't know that he was having this foot issue at the time we did this and that he was going to eventually have surgery and he wouldn't come back until the all-star break and obviously you know he hasn't played a lot of games since then either they've also um, really missed tristan this year i think that's yeah. you know he he would have been a, a, st- a stabilizing force and their center rotation has not exactly been robust without him yeah and really i mean as we thought they didn't have any we thought maybe rodney hood could be a little bit better but you know without love I and mean, they they weren't going to be an efficient offensive team uh, it's going to take a ton of mid-rangers sexton has improved lately but he was one of the worst players in the nba for much of the season you know jordan clarkson has really been their only guy who's been above expectations offensively did yeah, maybe jetty has helped a little bit he's taken some stuff but uh yeah i mean this is just we were under anyway and i think even with love they probably would have stayed under. we also thought a love trade could be coming which because he wasn't healthy it probably wasn't a possibility ultimately so you know I, i'm not going to say that i saw 20 wins coming for this group but especially with them also having uh their pick that top 10 protected pick as well was a, was another impetus had they gotten close which they weren't so uh detroit was at 38 i went under on them by one i had them at 37 wins so i think i had them oh no maybe i had charlotte making the playoffs over them i can't remember um but yeah they're at 38 and i think we both had the under they're gonna get to 42 it looks like and the big things were that i was worried about lack of front court depth i think that's been correct lack of wing not even depth but lack of wing anything uh, has been a, a problem as well uh 
point guard depth that we were concerned about with the injuries for Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith possible they had Jose Calderon behind them those were all valid concerns it's just Blake Griffin with these three-pointers and also staying healthy up until this very very recently you know the number of games that he's played compared to where he's been in the rest of his career was much higher and so I think that's the reason why they've ultimately gone over and they think they've defended better than we would have thought when you consider some of the limitations they have on the perimeter and even you know in the front court as well they don't have great individual defenders on this team so kudos to Casey and his staff for getting them to play defense I was skeptical about their defense you know they were they were 13th last year and I even though they had been better the year before just in terms of personnel and and Blake's effort on that end has been inconsistent over the years and and I'm I'm still skeptical on Andre Drummond they've they've done well they've they've had better defense from their bench as well than I expected which is which is a notable part of this and yeah I mean Blake Blake being as great as he's been you know moving into you know we talked about like him being an all-nba player that that is a huge plus that was yeah. we were critical Hadn't of even when they made an all-star team in the last like four or five years right so so him him getting that level was really did key this and so I I will wear it on this one but I'm I, I'm happy that it especially that it has come by the way that it did by by Blake having this awesome season and hopefully continuing that moving forward like that's that's a great way to lose is for for a guy like him to outperform expectations one of the more intriguing ones is the Indiana Pacers the over under was set at 48 and as soon as Victor Oladipo went down, if you remember last season, the Pacers won 48 games. So this is basically saying that they they weren't that they weren't going to improve. I thought they were going to be a better team than last year. They added depth. You know, Tyree Evans was going to be there. Thought maybe Sabonis could take another step up, which he has. And when Victor Oladipo went down, it's like, well, well, shit, that's done. You know, they're they're not going to even though they had. You know, well, I don't. We, I don't know if it, if we did that. I mean, they're twenty and twenty one right now since Oladipo. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm just forgetting they, how great they were at the start of the year. They were. I mean, they were right in yeah, it. So maybe yeah. that's where I got it wrong. That they were. That, that, but anyway, that them still being at a push right now like the projection is that they will win 48 games is really impressive and and Nate McMillan has done a wonderful job this year as a coach they've gotten strong contributions Bojan Bogdanovic has really done well he did well before Oladipo got hurt and then he's really stepped up I've been yeah I I think a lot of guys I mean Miles Turner defensively has been a huge plus for them and then they've gotten 48 good minutes at center 48 great minutes to be honest at center is, is really important so yeah they've they've this is a very impressive push to me if it happens and who knows maybe they'll go over yeah the thought was that they won 48 last year there wasn't anything too fluky about their performance maybe we thought Oladipo would take a step back and that did end up happening before his unfortunate end of the season uh but we felt like they had some young guys who could improve they added some talent uh, we thought maybe McDermott could help them Evans uh, has he's been a disappointment uh, but we thought he, he could give them some more impetus off the dribble that he might be closing games for them and so I'm not going to yell bad beat on this one because they've had basically no other injuries besides Oladipo you know certainly he's he's their most important player and that's hurt to not have him uh but Bogdanovich has been way better we didn't see that coming mean, he's been you know one of the better small forwards in the NBA Turner's massive step forward on defense I mean this team was close to a number one defense type of level for a lot of the year they've, they've regressed a little bit of late so we'll see I mean this could still we could still win this one uh they are at 46 they'd have to go two and two to give us a push they are going to be trying obviously uh three and one to give us the over what's their remaining schedule? at detroit hosting the celtics hosting brooklyn at atlanta 
Yeah, okay, so going 3-1 and one with that group, I mean, maybe the, the Celtics will probably try because they want to get home court. Pistons will be trying, uh, although we'll see whether Blake Griffin plays in that game. Brooklyn and then Atlanta will probably be uh, taking it pretty easy, but at Atlanta has not been easy for uh, a lot of these teams. So, yeah, I mean, 2-2 two and two seems like the most likely, so we're, we're, I think we're looking at a push there. We could lose it, though. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Miami, 42.5. We reluctantly went for the over. That's going to hit under probably the projected for 40 wins right now. I don't think there's any way, for even if they they went out to get to 43 uh they are we thought about them as a pretty safe playoff team goran dragic playing as little as he has has been a major problem for their offense they were extremely reliant i mean forget, he, he was an undeserving all-star last year but he was an all-star he played very very well and uh you know he basically didn't play at all for the first two-thirds of the year so uh, that's uh, been a little bit of a bummer james johnson they've gotten almost nothing out of him this year either i mean there wasn't an indication that he was going to be like you know i mean he just had a core muscle surgery at the end of last year and i think he just had trouble getting back into shape we weren't counting on them getting anything from waiters uh and they he's actually playing now uh you know son white side has probably been a little worse than expected as well i mean they've defended josh richardson was really good at the start of the year to kind of keep him afloat a little bit but uh I think just a lot of just death by a thousand cuts by this team did not quite get there yeah i, I think that's a good description of it missing yeah. drivers wayne just, ellington they just didn't use stop him playing as him for whatever yeah, reason that, yeah you know, i mean dropping to 25th in offense is is pretty tough and i mean if they were just even a little bit better they that could have opened up some close games they could have they could have gotten a few extra wins and yeah i i still think the the concept here was was right and if and if di- somebody other than dragic had gotten hurt like i think i think it could have been different but they just didn't really have an offensive engine i also didn't expect them to make a trade that made them worse during the season you know tyler johnson isn't amazing but trade basically trading tyler johnson and Wayne Ellington for Ryan Anderson is I, I didn't expect that sort of thing to happen. I'm not that I'm not saying that's the reason this went under, but you, you, some of the time we one of the things we talk about is like how is this team going to change over the course of the season, and that's not what I expected. Milwaukee was 48 and a half. You and I both had the over pretty comfortably. I had them I think picked for 51 wins. Personally, I'm not going to take a victory lap on them getting a 61, but I, I think the thinking was correct. We basically said hey we're gonna put our money where our mouth is here we've been saying how jason kidd and joe prunty were holding this team back and they have all this talent so uh now that they have bud they clearly should should go over um you know i mean milwaukee is even i think gonna underperform their point differential a little bit at that 61 wins i mean they've been an absolute juggernaut best team in the league from the very start of the season Giannis taking another step forward the way they were going to space the floor and use Brooke Lopez I, mean, I don't think we saw his awesome season coming but everyone else has kind of been within the tolerances you would have expected on offense I think we, we saw they could be very good they were always a good offensive team with Giannis on the floor but then defensively I mean to go from the worst defensive rebounding team in the league to the best to just be maybe the most dominant rim defending team we've ever seen even though they do give up a lot of threes uh didn't quite see that coming but certainly i think that the thinking was correct that the coaching change it would be a massive uh, boost for them so I, unless you have anything add, to add well, there well the only thing i want to add is i think there were a lot of people at the time talking about how there was untapped potential in the bucks defensively something we talked about was maybe i don't think we saw it to this extent but the idea that they had a lot of untapped offense potential as well and bud using brooke lopez embracing some of the floor spacing the players that he's chosen to really rely on has has opened these things 
things up. So I thought they might be like a top 10, maybe, you know, like more, more around like six to eight offense, but to get to number two, I mean, that's, that's been huge in terms of really ratcheting up this point differential and the wins. And, and yeah. they've obviously been great defensively. And, and I mean, they've made these trades that in theory for George Hill and Miritich in theory got them better, but Miritich has barely played for them. And Hill it hasn't really been good with the exception of last night against uh, uh, Brooklyn, where he was like, you know, scoring like 10 buckets in the paint. Uh, Orlando. Uh, you, you skipped, you skipped one. Oh yeah. Sorry. The Knicks. Uh, yeah. This is one of our best bets. 28 was an insane line. We had no idea if Porzingis was going to return. As it turned out, he didn't play at all and it ended up getting traded. Um, I mean, they're going to be well under. Uh, did you have this as a best bet? Yeah, we both had this as a, yeah, as a best bet. Yeah, it was your number one. It was my number two. And yeah. the the theory of this team was just never really there. The momentum was always going to drag them towards the bottom because they weren't that good. They, were gonna have, they had a lot of young guys they could play and ended yeah. up doing so. So, yeah, I mean, this... And they they had a lot of weird points in the rotation. There was nobody good on the team. I mean, you just like I said at the start of the year that I thought the Hawks would be better than the Knicks. That the Hawks had more talent than the Knicks, and that the Knicks were like slightly frisky for the first like two weeks of the season. But since then, it's been very clear. I mean, they've been one of the worst defenses, one of the worst offenses. I mean, who is the Knicks' best player at the start of the year? I mean, who is it supposed to be if it wasn't Porzingis? Like Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, I mean, uh, yeah. if you don't know what that is, that's uh, from Reed Dave McGonaghan's story uh, about the Lakers implosion this year. Um, yeah, I mean, this one was just very obvious. I think we can uh, we can pat ourselves in the back for this one. We cannot do that for the Orlando Magic. Both of us had the under. I think uh, they're going to hit 39, 40 wins, could even make the playoffs here. And my concern, I think the biggest difference has just been that DJ Augustin and Nikola Vucevic have been way better than we thought they'd be. And then Steve Clifford deserves a ton of credit for getting this team to defend with Vucevic and August in it as your point guard and center I mean that that's really impressive I mean the guys like Fournier Terrence Ross I mean they, they haven't had uh you know you've got Isaac you've got Gordon but uh you know th- there aren't like other than Isaac you'd be hard-pressed to find another guy in this team that you really think of a, as a really good defender and they're the eighth ranked defense in the NBA this year I mean that's pretty incredible it is and while they we wondered about how much guys like Mo Bamba were going to play on this team and he ended up not you know Vooch was so good that they couldn't really they couldn't really do the youth movement because they were good enough to to, to avoid yeah. it and I mean they're we thought team. they'd end up in in like kind of right in that range with the new rules where they'd be tanking down the end but yeah that, and that and, and the sometimes game. the difference between 30 and 40 it can really be a couple of games just because you're which way the pressure moves late in the season they've been pushing but also they've been way better defensively I mean they're they're closer to a best case scenario I think than than a lot of, and, they, and they have room to grow and something I talked about this a little bit on the NBA cast yesterday is if they had a better bench like I mean they were getting some rough minutes from Jerry and Grant they went to Briscoe but then Briscoe missed a bunch missed, missed a bunch of time then I think they could be even meaningfully better than this and so we'll we'll see how that carries on moving forward yeah I mean the, there seemed to really be no way that they could get in the top half of the league in defense so ton of credit there for Steve Clifford and his group they've been great on the defensive glass they've not fouled I mean that's been uh, the biggest drivers which uh you know that's uh what Clifford was able to do early in his Hornets tenure as well so chalk that up as a loss uh this is the first one that I had 
correct and you did not philly under 54 and a half uh looks like the if they win out can they get over or are they done is this one done done i i think it's done i think they're because they would have to win 55 and they already have 20 they already have 23 losses oh no sorry they already have 28 losses so yeah 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 so this one is done um i mean it's amazing to go back and think of what this team was at the beginning yeah it's true my, my rationale was the markel Fultz thing was going to be a disaster that that was going to cost them games they're talking about starting him i'm like i don't know his jumper his jumper supposed to be fixed it doesn't really look that good to me and uh yes that was correct uh sadly I the one thing I was wrong on was I wasn't sure that there was that much low-hanging fruit for Embiid to improve on but by getting into much better shape and just being more dominant physically uh, I thought Reddick would take a step back he's actually maintained his level of performance pretty well I didn't see Simmons being much better uh I was very concerned about their depth which remains I mean their Wilson Chandler had just come down with a hamstring injury they were really relying on him he was terrible uh ended up getting traded away this year uh and it just I, I said I thought it would be a consolidation year for them as it turned out they really went for it and ended up getting Butler and Harris I also was concerned about Embiid's health and, and you know they might have hit this over if Embiid had been able to play a few more games uh you know although they did play play him a crap ton of minutes early in the season which we didn't see coming either i was very worried about their backup big man situation i wasn't pretty much convinced with mescal so i didn't go way under with them but i i thought that it was uh people were a little too high on this team especially with just the lack of depth and the number of question marks they had i mean it was kind of one of these it was like oh they won this number of games last year i think they won 53 last year and they've got some young guys they're gonna be way better and, and i didn't i thought that was a little too reductive they did take a step back defensively this year uh, a significant portion of that was just that their bench defense has been awful i mean think about the center rotation they were running amir johnson mike muscala those mike muscala who got traded twice this season and once in the preseason and amir was completely cooked too i mean that was yeah uh, we thought maybe they could get something out of him and from the very beginning of the season it was obvious that he was done yeah so like i mean they've had a 106 a 106 off defensive rating when joel Embiid has been on the force that's you know that's i think that's a little bit worse than last year uh, yeah, yeah, that I mean, is last year they were a top five defense. You know, and we thought yeah. maybe they could get there again, but uh, that obviously hasn't been the case. So yeah, and and I do think the bench is a larger culprit, though the starting lineup hasn't hasn't been quite as robust. Though Embiid has played a lot more minutes, and I think that that that's been a challenge. But he's been great overall this year, obviously. So yeah, I this was for me yeah, was a by the tough way, over. By the way, Philly they've actually won four point one more games than expected. So uh, this is uh, they've been the third luckiest team in the NBA. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're barely in the top 10 offensively and then they're they're 13th defensively so that sort of team usually that's you know upper upper 40s maybe upper yeah. 40s yeah and and a lot of that too is just you know some of the bench issues yeah, and, absolutely. and i think i think they'll be better in the playoffs than they've been in the regular season uh toronto this was both of our uh, best bets over 55 um there were concerns about leonard's health but we both liked the team enough anyway and that's turned out to to be the case um they have been lucky they've won 2.2 more than expected but that, even if they hit their point differential they would have been over uh they're projected to win 58 and if they pushed a little harder it could have been more i mean you consider the number of injuries they've had and missed games you know they've got nothing from og all year fred van fleet has missed a bunch of time uh you know leonard is what is he gonna play 60 games if that lowry's gonna play like 60 games so uh even with all that i mean they clearly had even more cushion than we thought they did i mean i thought this team was gonna be a monster i thought they're gonna be one of the best defenses in the nba 
day. Um, Leonard, I hoped that he would come back, but he looked solid in the preseason. So, I, and I think he's been pretty much about what we thought. So, this is one that went relatively according to plan, I would say, for both of us. One guy I want to single out is Danny Green. There were yeah, questions yeah. He's about been way better than we thought. like about what what he would be after such a weird, d- disappointing year last year with the Spurs. Like the Spurs were so much better with like than I than we both expected without Kawhi last year, and Danny Green wasn't as big a part of that. So it's like, really, well, what's he going to be? And he's been a very, very good starter for them and at a position of need, especially with OG not having the year we hoped and Pascal Siakam taking a huge step forward. And then there was also, I'm guessing, part of what what led the this line. I just thought it was way too low. The coaching change, losing DeMar DeRozan, the possibility of like chemistry stuff, but they were just so good and it all fit together really well. Yeah, I mean, they were 59 wins last year and I saw absolutely no reason to believe that they would be a worse team and they're going to win 58 potentially but you know at full strength it it seemed like they very clearly improved they had young guys who were going to get better um Serge Ibaka is probably has taken a step forward this year too the the Gasol trade I I think has helped them but you know Valanciunas was helpful there too and then he he went down with an injury but you know they still had Siakam they could play at a small ball center They, they, they had just had so much depth too that was another part of it just that they could withstand injuries and in fact they did uh, Washington, their over-under was 45. They will not hit that. The big culprit here for me, I went over and was wrong, for me has been their defense is so much worse than I thought it would be. They, you know, they've been this strong defense for a couple of years under Randy Whitman, been, you know, top 10 in the league, then they've faded to around league average. They brought in Dwight Howard ostensibly to try to help that. Granted, he barely played this year, but also they just, even the guys that were holdovers didn't do nearly as good of a job. This team has changed a lot over the course of the year. Markeith Morris was going to be a key piece. Kelly Oubre got traded for Trevor Reza. John Wall got hurt and missed the rest of the year. Dwight Howard missed it. They have had guys step up. Beal has stepped up. Thomas Bryant has had a far better year than I anticipated. They claimed him off waivers from the Lakers, and they're still not nearly good enough for this. So yeah, they they're going yeah. under, and I'll, I will I will absolutely wear like it, what I the part that I missed here, and this is something that sometimes when I get optimistic, it's actually similar to the Sixers, was that winning forty six plus was on the better end of the spectrum for them. Like there wasn't really to me like a fifty five win team in here, and there are always things that can take you down. It can be injuries, it can be chemistry, or just uh, aging, all those type of things. And, oh, I didn't mention the changes that they traded Otto Porter. That's another important change, obviously. And yeah. so I, I think the lesson for me here, and I, I get this, like there are a few teams where you have to realize that if you don't love them enough to think they can go way over, just think about it an extra couple beats. You can still do it. I mean, there are lots of teams like Indiana. I didn't think they were going to go way over, but I picked the over and I still, you know, I think that was a good decision. But this one, I, I just should have been more cautious, especially with the injury history involved yeah i mean they won 43 last year remember john wall had had a, a surgery but i was saying hey you know dwight howard he's not going to stay healthy I, I think he was already having uh lower back issues when we recorded this and hey guess what he missed nearly the entire season who knows how much he would have helped them he probably would have helped their defense a little bit i mean because <laughs> they were just could not stop anybody inside all year uh just didn't have any kind of center at all i mean bryant has been okay offensively but he's terrible on defense um I mean, they won 43 last year, as I said. They would, were 49 the year before that with really good health. And that was the biggest reason. I thought John Wall, you know, was going to miss at least 20 games. He wouldn't be as effective. It was very 
very concerned about his health that obviously ended up being right and you know Beal took a step forward but Otto Porter had missed time as well early in the season then was coming off the bench I mean he, he really didn't play very well until he got to Chicago and uh I was also really concerned about their depth in the front court Marquise Morris also took a big step back for them I don't not gonna say I saw that coming but you know I thought they would make the playoffs but I was very concerned about their, their health. And so that was the big reason I went under that turned out to be right. So uh, on our two differences so far, you were right on Brooklyn uh, where I had the under and you had the over. Uh, and I was right on Philly and Washington where I had the under and you had the over. Um, before we continue to talk about Luka Doncic, who probably won't get into this discussion, but hey, you know, you never know. That discussion being that of the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't have that player on your team but you can at least get the greatest of all time sneaker site goat.com the safest way to buy and sell authentic sneakers online i found an awesome pair of reebok kamikaze twos that's the uh, the sean kemp did a lot of his damage in that sneaker and with online sneakers there's really a concern that you're looking at a fake sneaker there's more than a coin flips chance of that and goat is the largest marketplace in the world for authentic yeezys jordans they've got over 600,000 sneaker listings they've made this whole process frictionless they accept sellers with the best reputation and then they verify all the sneakers to ensure their authenticity they actually the way it works is the seller ships the sneakers to them and they inspect every detail from the shipping the stitching the color the size and weight there's a certain way that a new pair of jordans is supposed to smell they make sure that every pair of sneakers on their site matches exact factory specifications. Just go check out goat.com slash cap space. Easy remember slash cap space. We talk about it all the time here on the program. That's goatgoat.com slash cap space. Just take a look around and see what's there. I mean, they really just have a, an incredible selection of, of stuff that, that you've forgotten or just uh, amazing colorways. And you can uh, support our show with a hundred percent authentic sneaker at goat.com slash cap space. Don't forget that slash cap space URL to let them know that you came from us so dallas this is another one that we differed on and they are projected to be just under us 34 and a half right now they're projected for 34 but if they keep winning games like a bunch of dumbasses i, I might still lose it i had under you had over now is the time that i get to point out that for the second year in a row the dallas mavericks have dramatically underperformed their point differential they have the point differential of a 37 win team rick carlisle is a master danny <sighs> <laughs> so much rage and 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 last so i mean the story here for me was although in fairness when they were trying to win at the beginning of the year they were also underperforming their point they were they absolutely were and, uh, and so i think luca has been better than i anticipated for sure they've gotten you know they've gotten some good stuff from the bench they've also dealt with a bunch of health stuff over the year and i mean jj berea going out i think that really affected they were having this monstrous bench run and then he yeah. he tore his achilles and you know, this was close. And again, this, I had, I was worried for a good reason about the gravity of, you know, being a non-playoff team. Cause even though I picked their over, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. Generally speaking, that's why teams don't win 35 games is because if they're, if they're close yeah, to that. At least recently when teams have kind of wised up. Right. And Dallas is certainly up until the last week, been one of those wise teams. They've been proactive in terms of 
maximizing their draft position. And so all that was there. I fully expect to lose this. I mean, at this point, Dallas is, they're 31 and 46, so they would have to go four and one. That's a little bit ridiculous, though they do have a very soft schedule. Ah, pretty soft. I'm probably going to lose this, but I didn't want to concede defeat quite yet. Yeah, I mean, they beat Philly at home. They've got Miami at home. Two games against Memphis. Memphis is actually trying to win, which is probably going to end up screwing me over on them. Uh, Yeah, and then Phoenix, and then at San Antonio, who may or may not have something to play for in the the end of the season. I mean, so they've got, and you have to imagine one of those Memphis games, Phoenix. I mean, they could they could go four and one. I, I it would surprise me, but it's quite possible. I mean, they don't they don't have really a guaranteed loss on the schedule. Although I, I think they're gonna really they've been trying to shut it down already. It's gonna they, they got it maybe this is just a dead cat bounce because Lucas had this thigh injury anyway it's not interesting to talk about them just their last five games in a macro sense I was very much on the borderline you remember last year they won 8.7 games fewer than expected with their 24 wins so they were basically pretty close to this uh, already they were at a 33 win team last year they were adding Luca we didn't know actually that Luca was gonna be this good although quietly he's really fallen off the last month and a half or so since the trade deadline essentially um you know we didn't see this big trade trade coming although i did actually say that harrison barnes could be a trade candidate if they fell off a little bit ultimately the reason i ended up at the 34 to go under was the gravity of a top five protected pick and the new lottery rules i thought that would be what would pull them down i didn't think deandre was going to help them that much i think that ended up being correct um but didn't see Luca being a, as good as he was either. I mean, and they they've fallen off a little bit defensively now. I mean, they, if they hadn't made those trades, they clearly would have gone over. Um, but uh, they did. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to say I like got the the rhyme or reason of this perfectly correct here. Uh, but uh, I think ultimately the top five protected pick will be what pulls them under 34. So I, I will think I, I think I got that right at least. Denver was our first disagreement in the Western Conference. I was no, a. No, that's bo- true. We disagreed on Dallas. Oh, do we disagree on Dallas? That's right. Never yeah, mind. You had the over, I had the under. Yeah. Um, but Denver, I, I was a believer in this team. I thought that they would figure more out defensively. I thought their offense was great because it was great last year too. And thought that the absence of Paul Millsap, he only played 38 games in 17-18, that, that if he could play more, that that would make a meaningful difference. It has, and they have gone way over there. So they were, it was at set of 47.5. They are projected to win 54 this year. Yeah, they are plus 3.2 relative to their point differential right now, but I still would have lost it by a fair amount yeah i mean them being 11th in defense this year having months where they're the number two defense I man just did not see that coming at all i don't know if any anyone did they actually have disappointed offensively this year i mean to be only seventh is, is not so great they they have had the injury concerns but Jokic has been healthy all year and he's he's been awesome he's been better defensively taking even another level on offense they had a ton of injury issues i mean gary harris will barton i mean those guys just haven't done anything this year uh i was very concerned about their bench and monte Morris has been a huge part of that uh, you know we Isaiah Thomas was supposed to be uh, their main point guard off the bench I thought it concerning that he didn't have a timetable when he came back that he only got a minimum contract this offseason and as it turned out I, I, and I thought he was going to be bad for them too ultimately I think the fact that he and then he would kill their defense the fact that he's actually played as little as he had has helped them you know that let Morris get established um 
so really but really what i missed on was was the defense with them and especially i mean we consider that Millsap. he missed what like he missed a month too right with that sprain that foot or that broken toe it was yeah i i, I it was about about a month yeah i think so yeah and i mean getting getting minutes from tory craig someone that we did thought was was really overpaid on that contract and they haven't gotten anything from michael porter or jared vanderbilt but they weren't probably going to anyway yeah this is another team where uh malik beasley has been way better than oh yeah malik th- was, thank you for bringing him up and wancho while he had to be in the rotation was really good and then he, he's kind of fallen off on it was whether an injury or he was uh, getting lucky or whatever but you know he really kept them afloat for a while and i think he helped their defense a lot during those first couple of months of the season golden state 62 and a half we weren't banging the under because last year they were 40 and 10 when curry played and i mean golden state's had pretty damn good health this year i mean curry missed a month but that's really their only major injury. i guess green was kind of in and out of the lineup the first couple of, of months and he's played a lot better since then but you know they just we thought they wouldn't care that much and especially considering that they're they won as the two seed last year uh they haven't had that much pressure below them they've been projected to be the number one seed most of the way i don't think they really care if they're don't have home court advantage over denver houston hasn't been pushing them so uh, we went with the under just based on inertia based on a lack of health but i think even they're if they had just if curry had played most games they probably would have been pretty close to 62 um but you know he ended up missing a, a month with that groin and uh their defense has been probably even worse than we would have thought it would have been yeah and i mean it ha- it has been better when when green has been right and when green has been playing but yeah they've they they really haven't been at that level of intensity and you know the the number of games when they've really brought it defensively at the start of the game there have been games where they kick it in at certain moments has been has been pretty low yeah they also have underperformed their point differential. they're zero and five in overtime this year mm-hmm. so i mean there's a way that they could have ended up going over but it just it, it seemed antithetical to kind of what they did and just the mood around the team last year i mean they, they were talking about trying to respect the regular season more and really enjoy this season then and also worth noting too that they were you know what 11 and 2 and then the Draymond kd thing happened maybe that pushed them back a little bit obviously steph getting injured too um so maybe there's a scenario in which they could have gone over but it seemed it just seemed like it wasn't quite in the zeitgeist of this team to play that way houston this is our one best bet that we are both guaranteed to lose 56 we both had the over and they won 65 and they earned that with their point differential last year um chris paul going out almost immediately I and mean, we thought he wouldn't play as many minutes this year but he both took a big step back uh their defense just sucking the first i mean that's really where it all fell apart was their defense was so bad the first two three months of the year and they actually have been a top five defense since the all-star break amazingly enough but you know we thought they could get there uh you they did miss ariza they did miss mbamute who was important in the regular season for them last year also i mean daryl morey deserves a ton of credit i mean if you just look at where this team was at the start of the season you know just the guys who are on the roster you know we wouldn't we we thought the mellow thing could kind of be a disaster it turned out to be you know that really hurt them in the beginning uh you know i mean think of all the guys who are helping this team now house rivers fareed uh, although he's been out for recently uh other than tucker paul harden and capella uh, pretty much the entire rest of the cast has changed we've got nothing out of an a this year so uh you know i think this is one that we just missed on and we're lucky that they even got to 53 because daryl made some huge changes which we couldn't have necessarily foreseen from the start of the season to february 1st 
the Rockets were in the bottom five in defense. They were had a 113-4 defensive rating, which was barely above the Atlanta Hawks. And then I think from from that point from that point on, I mean, I think the pivot point was actually sometime in January. But I mean, they've been so much better then, and and that drop off is really, I mean, they've been very very good offensively. Has been, has been there, and yeah, Chris Paul missing 20 plus games and having a few games where he played but wasn't looking right. That was that was a big factor as well. And I'm happy you brought up Maury the additions. I mean, we were. I I think we felt that the the Rockets would be hurt a lot by the absences that they had, but that you know that that they were just so good that they would overcome that. And if they had defended better in the first month or two of the season, they would have it would have been the case. But they didn't, so it's over. This is the one that I made one of my best bets. Interestingly enough, rare that one of us will make a best bet that the other one completely disagrees on. But the Clippers were 38. Uh, I went with the over. You went with the, the under. I think you were really concerned about health um, was your big reason to go under. And, and granted, you know, Gallo has been pretty healthy this year. Yeah, they haven't really had any kind of issues with health at, at all this season. You know, Patrick Beverly was another one. He's played the whole year so. I understand that thought a little bit, but I felt, hey, they won 42 last year. They did that while pretty much tanking down the end of the year once they're out of contention they lost DeAndre but I didn't think that was going to hurt them at all uh because Harrell was better than him and he was just going to play more as a result uh, you know Tobias Harris and Gallo I thought they were going to be a really good offense get to the foul line Lou Williams you know I didn't see a way that they were going to be a poor offense and, and they've been pretty good they have gotten lucky both in terms of their point differential and you remember too at the start of the year that first month or so teams just couldn't hit a jump shot against them and so that really boosted their defense in a way that was unsustainable they've won 4.7 games more than expected but even with a, a record in line with their point differential they would have been comfortably over that 38 and even with the trade of Tobias Harris the thought that maybe they were giving up I mean they, they've been fantastic Doc Rivers is a really good coach so this is one where I just uh, my projection for them was 42 wins they were selected for 38 so I'm like man if I have that big of a difference I better uh, make that one of my best bets the injuries were a part of it for me, and also I thought they were going, even not at the beginning of the year, but towards the end, they would be more aware or, or caring more about the lottery-protected pick that they owed to that they owed to the Celtics, so then theoretically, if they were keeping that pick, then they would be maximizing yeah, they're it. They're never going to miss the playoffs, though. Like, like, well, no, if, 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 the the Pelicans, if the Pelicans had had a better season, oh, there were, there, I mean, look at look at how strong it was to make, to make the playoffs in the Western Conference, and there were a few teams, the Lakers and the Pelicans, that were far off their expectations. If it was, if it took 46 wins, which is kind of where I thought it was going to be, and I thought of the Clippers as like a, let's say, four 40 win team on paper then if you're that far away you're going to be pushing back no there was yeah. easily a way that they, if you if you have thought of the clippers where i did that they would that then the, they would pull them the other direction gallo oh, they, yeah they yeah. were very gallo dependent to my, my to my mind and i thought he was going to miss more time than he has they've been a pretty healthy team they did have some you know some very brief struggles in the very brief time he missed but getting you know montrez harrell has played so much of the season lou Beverly and then the trades beyond beyond the like getting assets I mean getting guys that really helped them Shamit Zubach Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple have been parts of the rotation since those guys came in so yeah I, I mean this has worked out 
even despite Gortat having a worse season, I mean, they had that disastrous starting lineup, remember, the first yeah. portion of the season with with Avery Bradley and, and Gortat, but they have two they have players on their bench who were better than those guys, so it yeah. worked out reasonably well. Yeah, Shea has been a, a little bit better than expected as, yeah, as a I would say yes. guard. He's been playing more than I expected as well. I mean, we thought they might get something out of Teodosic. He's been out the, the whole year and isn't even on the team anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We Granted, they've had, you know, one almost five games more than expected. When we did their podcast, we pegged our best case scenario for them as uh, 50 wins. They're gonna, they might even hit that. Uh, let's see here. Who's next? The Lakers. I pegged them for 48 wins, and then it turned out that their line actually went down a little bit to right at 48. And so, gun to my head, I went with the under, and uh, that proved to be correct. But I'm not going to take credit for it, because I didn't really see it coming in this way, the way uh, someone like Bontemps did. Something that is, I think, notable in terms of thinking about the Lakers is that I you, LeBron has played less than I expected. But also, I would argue that they they were a worse team when he played than I anticipated as well. They, they, were, they had a plus 2.7 cleaning the glass net rating during that time that profiles to like a 48 win team this, this is this is uh like through uh december 24th what or, or or when lebron was on the floor no when lebron was on the floor okay when lebron was on the floor they've been overall they've been like a 48 win team and and they to me they would have to be over that because they had bench guys but they didn't have you know like a great bench like i wouldn't say they have a better better than average depending on how they were going to construct this team there were always those questions and so i was a little bit more confident in this under than you but not much be the same kind of logic of that they could do it but that there would be a lot of things my biggest concerns were spacing and fit and then I didn't know what their defensive identity was going to be you know they had a lot of those type of questions and defensively they've been the same as last the, the same placement they've actually been two two points per possessions worse but the league has gotten better offensively so they're in the same spot actually that's kind of crazy they're in the same spot offensively and defensively in terms of ranking on cleaning the glass that's pretty amazing yeah, I mean, it looked like for a while they're going to actually have a worse record than last year. I think they'll outperform that. LeBron, of course, has been shut down, but uh, they're at least playing hard. Uh, as of December 25th, they were eighth in the league in net rating at plus 2.7, 11th on offense, and oh no, I'm sorry, I misread that. Uh, 14th on offense and 10th on defense and that basically that point differential is right in line with a 48 win team and they were 20 and 14 when lebron went down so you could say hey you know what like this was right 48 wins i was right on the borderline lebron went down they did have more injuries than expected this year usually a young team isn't going to have as many injuries uh we thought that the shooting would be a problem but i i actually i mean i thought their defense was going to really suck i looked at their roster and i was like hey kcp hart lonzo i mean those are like their only good defensive players so the fact that they defended as well as they did was pretty impressive uh but obviously the defense took a nosedive once lonzo went out and then lebron came back from the injury uh, and but i didn't see the offense being as bad as it was but you know there was just the inability to hit a three-point shot there's there's probably an idea that oh the spacing really hurt lack of spacing really hurt them but they still just assaulted the rim i mean they had the most shots in the restricted area shot a great percentage there uh but they just couldn't make outside shots uh, and you know when the ball goes in the basket you get more points for that uh memphis 33 and a half we both very reluctantly went with the over that is not going to hit they're at 31 wins right now uh, they are trying to win interestingly we thought we were nervous about the over because we thought they would end up trying to keep their pick or trying to yeah trying to keep their pick that's top eight protected they're actually trying to win to give it up 
interestingly enough uh, so that they can kind of move into full rebuild mode next year unencumbered uh and maybe trade conley but you know i think the way that conley has played has been uh, the biggest difference from what i thought i mean he's been so good this year we thought maybe they could trade gasol that ended up happening uh, so uh you know and they've been resting conley a lot to, down the end here too it, it just seemed like they had a little bit too much kyle anderson has barely played at all this year they've they moved temple and green at the trade deadline as well if they i think if they had held on to jackson we know how much he would help but he's hasn't played down the end of the year so they've been fighting i think you know this is one where and they were pretty good at the start of the year where i think the process was correct in picking the over and we just missed on it on a very few things here and you know they're they're right in line with their point differential so we can't crow about that at all oh wait hold on no i'm looking at the uh they've out through. they've outperformed it by a teensy bit yeah okay so but yeah, something was... something I wanted to bring up here is my my thought was Memphis before last year when just the wheels went off the wagon, bunch of guys got hurt. They had been in the low 40s for a couple of years. And while I expected them to be worse than that, and there was the possibility that they were going to trade Conley, Gasol, or both, that there was more of that, you know, the 16-17 team remaining. And defensively, that's largely been true. I mean, they've been, they've been solid defensively overall this year, despite having a bunch of injuries and going through, going through personnel changes due to trades and everything else but then the offense has fallen off a lot I, I think the bench the bench offense has been a bigger problem than I even anticipated and we talked about how their backup backup one was going to be a problem it has has been at other times in the past and it you know that, that it can be a, a big factor in terms of how a season can go sideways is not having you know even if you have Mike Conley who's you know in the conversation for all NBA this year he's having a really good year I think it's been underappreciated because of the Grizzlies lack of success but you need you need a lot going on there I thought Kyle Anderson would help more than he has and I don't know Chandler Parsons has played about what I expected but yeah I mean the bench guys I mean Caspi played a little bit at the beginning of the year didn't wasn't really big factor They're, the guys that are contributing off their bench now are almost all players that were not on their team at the start of this season you want to do a live reaction here to some breaking news sure the wizards have relieved ernie grunfeld of his duties of team as team president good i mean grunfeld going back my early days at real gm so this is 2009 2010 i was going crazy about how grunfeld was doing a really bad job and he was a worse gm then in many ways than he has been recently like we talked about this with that in the ted leonsis era he's done a better job but a lot of misuse of resources i mean even going to the the idea that they that they they gave dwight howard it sounds like they gave dwight howard a larger deal this year mostly so they could probably give him a player option that he would want for next year and both parts of that are a disaster like and and the idea that Dwight Howard was materially better than the centers they could get for the minimum committing all that money and granted this is an ownership decision as much as it is a GM decision if not more to give three max contracts in I think it was 14 months you know that's a really big for guys that were all fringy max players Beal has had a better year than I anticipated so yeah I think that's I think that's a good decision I wonder how desirable of a job that is because of how impacted they are moving forward and I, I guess they're gonna have to be conversations with Bradley Beal like I would much rather have the Pelicans job personally than than though you get more job oh, security yeah. with the Wizards there's just more to do with the Pels more flexibility but yeah, they do have more resources they'll actually like pay the tax if they're good sure um yeah so so Tommy Shepard is now acting GM of the Wizards and uh he is also apparently a candidate for the New Orleans job 
Uh, Fred Katz, uh, good on him, reporting a couple of days ago that the Wizards had engaged search firms to potentially look for Grunfeld's replacement. Here's the statement from Ted Leonsis. We did not meet our stated goals of qualifying for the playoffs this season. And despite playing with injuries to several key players, we have a culture of accountability and a responsibility of managing to positive outcomes. <laughs> that last part is just, God, I'm so glad I don't work for our Did Jack Donaghy write that? I mean, that's exactly what it felt like to me. Oh, my God. A responsibility of managing to positive outcomes. I, I think that may be making an appearance later on the show at, at some point. Um, so, yeah, uh, unclear who the candidates will be. And Woj reporting that while the opening is desirable and apparently comes with a lot of job security is the joke there, uh, that what to do with John Wall and how to embark on a rebuild. What to do with John Wall? You just sit there and pay him. <laughs> well, well, or, or how to rebuild around John Wall's yeah. uh, contract and injury. So, um, all right, let's get back to this here. Minnesota was 40 and a half. The Jimmy Butler trade demand had happened by the time we did this. That happened in late September. And, it, you know, it hadn't turned into just the complete fucking circus that it did with him doing this practice thing and they started four and nine with him in the lineup before they moved him and that was a big part of why they struggled so badly but i said hey you know what even if tibbs is going to put his head in the sand these guys always figure out a way to get out of here and get traded once they make the request and uh that proved prescient well, uh, it's something that i got wrong yeah. on that i think they got more immediate contributors in the trade than i expected yeah. And yeah, if and Covington had played, Covington, yeah, yeah, Covington actually uh, news on him. He is going to have a a, a procedure on his knee to address uh, some loose bodies as a result of this bone bruise that he had a setback on. So that's a little concerning. Something to watch for next year. But um, yeah, he, that I, they were pretty good for like you know, and their defense actually was a little bit better. Now they've had one of the worst defenses again since Covington went out. Um, but I mean, they were pretty bad without Butler last year. We thought they'd be right around 500. And then when you throw in all the drama as well, it seemed like a, a smart bet to go under. And they really struggled to find momentum and find a direction this year. And Tibbs ended up getting fired and all that. So uh, yeah, I think I think the process was smart there on the under for both of us. The New Orleans Pelicans. I originally picked yes. the under and changed during the podcast, convinced mostly by my own, because I had done, I think I did their recording and had picked, I think I picked 46 or 47 on that show, convinced by that and you ended up switching from the under to the over. And this actually might be what swings you having a better over under slate yes. compared to me, yes. which is, which is perfect. And I mean, really, this is as close to, in terms of wins and losses, this is as close to a worst case scenario as you could get. They were projected i mean the the over under was at 45 and a half they easily could have done that in a different world their starting lineup net rating i mean when they drew and and ad were on the floor together it was awesome i can't remember the exact number right now we talked about this on i think the point guard rankings podcast and they're going to win 33 they're going they're going way under and this this was the way the season i i didn't expect it to go this way i didn't expect davis to make a trade demand during the season so yeah yeah that we didn't see coming and certainly we would have thought because he he hadn't really done anything like that i mean you, you'd heard rumblings just privately that you know he wasn't necessarily playing on staying there but you felt the inflection point would be this offseason uh, and 
they also massively underperformed their point differential early in the season uh and they also had massive health concerns which i think was part of why you were thinking you might go under initially uh but you know drew played the whole season um ad would have played the whole season uh but their depth was a big problem miritich really couldn't get going alfred payton i don't think he really would have helped them that much but they had nothing else at point guard so some of the they had nothing on the wing so some of those same bugaboos killed them. I mean, it's tough to remember now that they were actually the sixth-ranked defense in the NBA last year after they traded for Miritich. Um, and obviously, Cousins went down. So far cry from that. They sucked defensively all season. Julius Randle killed them there. They couldn't get anybody who could defend on the wing. Uh, you know, they had to play Holiday at the three to guard the best threes, which which really it was, uh, if not a misuse of his talents, a, a suboptimal use of his talents. So, yeah, I mean, we just, I thought the team was going to be really good. I, they started off playing really well. They went 4-0 to start the year, and then it all uh, obviously imploded. But, uh, you know, I, I, other than the injuries and the lack of depth, you know, I'm not sure where how I would do it over here. Um, OKC though, I think we deserve some credit on. By the way, though, I did convince you to go with the Magic under the year before that. So the two that I've convinced you to change, I I uh, I, it, won, I, I didn't, we're one and one. Yeah, I didn't screw you over uh, as much as you in the one. aggregate. You did right, right <laughs> over the years. Yes. But yeah, but yeah, let's go to OKC. Uh, 48 and a half, and that actually went down a little bit when it became, and we haven't talked about this in a while, actually, that Westbrook you know, had this knee injury at the start of the year, and who knows whether that's actually, you know, has affected it, his season, especially the terrible shooting he had at the start, but uh, he hasn't gotten to the foul line as much either. Uh, I was very, we didn't know exactly when he was going to come back because it turned out, I think he only missed the first four games, and they started pretty poorly there, and maybe they would have gotten over this if he hadn't missed those first four games uh we weren't believers in shooter we noted that his teams had never played well with him on the floor uh that has been the case he's been awful this year um you know paul george actually has played much better than we thought absolutely he would to keep them floor. and they were on track to go way over this and then uh, things have completely imploded for them the last month and a half or so and i think they're like seven and 14 uh and looking probably either the seventh or the eighth seed uh nearly for certain now well as, something something that we're really worried me was their overall offense they're just Paul George has taken a big step forward and he was really the only guy I didn't expect him to do that but there weren't really any you know Jeremy Grant was stepping into the starting lineup Steven Adams isn't really scalable he he's very good at what he does but you can't really do more Terrence Ferguson has been better than I anticipated this year but not so much better especially offensively to like hear what ails them he's just been you know kind of like a low usage filler type of guy there and and I worried about their bench offense because Schroeder has been, you know, has been inconsistent over the years. So yeah, I mean, th- I wasn't. Th- we easily could have lost this. I wasn't confident in it. It's not like either of us picked it as the best bet. The only way that they can go over now is to win out, and there is an outside outside shot of that just because they play a bunch of soft teams going forward. And, and their best games are their toughest opponents are at the very end of the season. Those teams might be resting guys. I absolutely do not expect that to happen. So I expect us to get this win, but I didn't count it as a clinch yet because it hasn't been clinched. Yeah, I think just the, their offense not having the shooting um Westbrook potentially taking a step back those are some of the reasons uh, that we weren't as as high on them um a lack of depth especially offensively Phoenix 
somehow their over under was 29 wins and i think the thinking there was well they got ryan anderson and trevor ariza and those guys started for the rockets last year and that's gonna shore up their depth they're gonna actually be able to put lineups out there that have some modicum of shooting well they lost what it was i think they won their first game and then they lost like their next nine and anderson barely played couldn't hit a shot when he did ariza was traded the absolute first moment that he possibly could be on december 15th but they did get kelly Oubre out of that so it it was that move didn't work but they did actually get get Oubre who might be a part of their team going forward he's had some moments for them but also it's worth noting that I mean what were they had the point differential of like a 17 win team the year before and so I just didn't see how they were going to get better defensively point guard was a major question mark and that completely killed them I mean at the start of the year anytime Devin Booker was out they were just gonna be terribly relying on a Kobe we thought at the time we did this we thought Shaq Harrison was be the starting point guard he got waved before he got cut before the, the start of the season uh, yeah. So they could bring in Isaiah Cannon, Canaan, sorry, and he uh, ended up getting waived himself. He was uh, really killed them. Uh, so uh, we we thought that DeAndre Ayton would be horrendous defensively. That was the case. Uh, that Rashawn Holmes wouldn't be much better. That was also the case. I mean, Devin Booker has probably played better than I thought he would uh, this year. And and maybe if he hadn't missed so much time, they could have been a little bit better than this. But I mean, they're still on track for 19 wins. I mean, they weren't even close. And uh, I was I didn't make this one of my best bets because I thought, hey, maybe with Ariza and Anderson, they'll look more like a modern. I mean, you remember how little spacing they had uh, in previous years um but obviously neither of those guys contributed in well, the slightest there was also the possibility of a coaching upgrade in kakashkov right yeah that was the, the reason i was worried that this could be wrong yeah and so for me there was just a little bit too much risk i mean i was pretty comfortable in the under here just because i didn't think they had 30 win talent and they were relying a lot on young guys who like i mean young center who still needs to figure it out defensively all that kind of stuff so i think that was a pretty clear call and for me the next one was an interesting one too portland so portland last year won 49 games they did exceed their point differential by a little bit they got run out of the playoffs very very quickly but didn't really make substantial changes to their roster and I didn't pick it as a best bet just because the risk of injury they're a very top heavy team they rely a lot on Damon CJ though use of Nurkic worked his way into that conversation and they comfortably went over they're projected right now to win 52 so that would be 10 over their projection the Blazers like I mean the, there's there's an easy theory that like oh if Damon CJ gets hurt they're gonna really that's really gonna hurt them and for most they've been really healthy over the years CJ's missed more time this year than I anticipated, but Nurkic took that big step up before he got hurt. Dame has been fantastic. And offensively, they're, they went... So last year, they were 15th in offense and 7th in defense. And this year, with largely similar personnel, though they made some bench turnover, losing Ed Davis, losing Shabazz Napier. Now they're 3rd in offense and 17th in defense. So they basically flip-flopped those two overall rankings. Yeah, and remember that last year, their offense was terrible until the new year flipped over and then they were awesome again so uh yeah I, I had them for 44 wins i thought they'd take a step back there they outperformed their point differential a little bit last year to get to 48 that seemed like a best case scenario and, and with how well nurkic played that turned out to, to not be the case at all we were worried about seth curry's health he's really helped them shooting 44 percent from three uh, and you know dame has had an even better year cj has not had that great of a year uh you know but they, they've gotten some things out like jake layman uh, at times 
Um, but really, I mean, it, a lot of it has just been been Lillard being so good. I mean, this is to say that 48 was their best case scenario, and now they're going to probably hit 52 is really impressive. Um, so I, I had the over, but I didn't see this level of success coming. Probably our biggest screw up was the Sacramento Kings, 25 and a half. We were both pretty comfortable with the under. I think I picked them for 23 wins. I picked them to be the worst team in the NBA. Uh, what did we not see coming with these guys? De'Aaron Fox's massive improvement is, I mean, and being the tone setter, they've been so much more aggressive in transition this year. Dave Yeager being more modern in his rotations, we were worried that they were going to play two bigs all the time, that they they signed Bielitsa, but that he was going to come off the bench and they weren't going to use that a lot. They had yeah, some, we thought he might start at the three. Yeah, we thought he might start at the three. They had some weird bench depth issues. There is the pressure even, and then, and while they had the, they didn't have the same, you know, losing incentive because their pick is owed to either the Celtics or the Sixers, depending on if it's number one or not. They just, I just didn't think they had the horses and was completely wrong. I mean, Buddy Heald's taken a massive step forward. Deer and Fox is obviously, it would be in the most improved conversation if we, if you and I really talked about second year players there. They've gotten more from Bagley than I anticipated. Collie Stein, I think, has had a nice year as well. And then, Shumpert, you know, like I thought he he gave them some really some better contributions early in the season. Than I expected Bogdan Bogdanovich, like basically every guy on their team who is getting meaningful minutes, I would say, has been better than I anticipated. And a lot of times, the better players have played more than I anticipated. Yeah, and I actually reduced their projection from 24 to 23 after the preseason. You remember, Yeager was playing like lineups with Bagley at the two. Bagley's been way better than expected offensively and uh, not as terrible as we thought defensively as well. Uh, Harry Giles was really bad at the start of the year, but he's come on. Uh, and I, I, But the biggest thing that we haven't really talked about that much at all is, you know, I thought this team was going to be bottom five in offense and defense. They're like an average defense. You know, that's really been bigger, a bigger improvement than what you might have thought uh on offense so they've actually they've improved up to 17th on offense and they've fallen off to 16th on defense but i mean it was really uh, offense maybe although uh, i don't know actually i i didn't see how they'd be good on either end <laughs> frankly but but yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, the it's, not, it's not like when you look at their defensive personnel, you're sitting there going, oh man, they're, they're, they had, they have this stopper yeah. at, at, either on the interior or on the perimeter. Yeah. I mean, Dave Yeager deserves a ton of credit for that defense. I mean, they were 28th last year. So yeah, yeah I, I, no, I nobody not seems to like actually like him personally, but I mean, from an X's and O's standpoint, it's hard to argue with what he's done there, at least this year in Sacramento. Um, anything else on them or shall we move on to one that you got right and I got wrong? Yeah. In all likelihood, uh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, I I think the line I used was, I'm going to rely on pop magic until it burns me. And even though I didn't think, because this was, I believe this we recorded this after DeJounte Murray got hurt. And... Uh, no, we did not. No, we, we did not. Okay, we, so we didn't know about Derek White, and we didn't know about Dejounte Murray. I actually reduced my forecast all the way down to forty-one wins after I found out about that. Uh, but when we recorded, neither of those injuries had happened. And I mean, this has been a pretty a pretty amazing year. Their their defense, we we did thought their defensive personnel, you know, wasn't wasn't good. It hasn't been nearly as as ridiculous as last year when they were still somehow able to defend without Kawhi. They're bottom ten, but they're twenty-first, and. I would say 21st is actually outperforming relative to the talent level. Derek White has been better defensively. Overall, as a team, their scheme stuff has worked pretty well. But then the the story for me here is that despite their insane shot distribution and not grabbing any offensive rebounds, they're still 
fifth in offensive rating, sixth in effective field goal percentage. Incredible. I mean, they just shot the shit out of the ball. I mean, that that's why this was the case. I mean, they are 40% from three, uh, 39% on above the break threes, 47% on corner threes, uh, and not take, I mean, they are 30th in percentage of shots from threes, but when they take them, they are wide open and they're good shooters and they go in. Uh, they are number two in mid-range shooting percentage at 44% behind uh, only the Warriors who are at 46% for mid-range. And then they're number two, I'm sorry, they're number five in shooting at the rim at 66%. So every possible, uh, and part of that's DeRozan, part of that's Aldridge uh, shooting it pretty well. But, you know, I mean, if you, if you, uh, and the other thing I would say we probably didn't see coming was the bench. Um, you know, if you look at their stats with the starters on the floor, they're much more in line with where I kind of thought they would be right around a 500 team, maybe a little bit worse. But the bench is absolutely killed. They've gotten awesome seasons out of Bellinelli, Patty Mills, Bryn Forbes. So, you know, he'll play with the bench. He'll play with the starters some. Uh, Rudy Gay has been good again. He hasn't missed much time. So they really just so many guys who really could shoot the ball well. And I think uh, them being at this level, this uh, sixth and E field goal percentage just never would have thought that, that that would happen I mean I think their defense ended up being worse than we thought they've really missed Kyle Anderson they've really missed Danny Green they've no size at all uh, on the wings I mean they but kind of pop magic was oh it's gonna be the defense right they were somehow a top five defense last year and they've fallen all the way into the 20s so I'm not even sure you know maybe it's the offense but I'm not even sure how much that is you can say is well, pop magic I'd be right? constru- constructing an offense that that maximizes what their what their guys can do I think that's there but th- this is so yeah. I just want to have this out there this is shot proportions relative to the rest of the league lowest proportion of shots at the rim most floaters most long twos least fewest threes and they are sixth in effective field goal percentage that's yeah. amazing absolutely yeah, it, absolutely insane. amazing yeah and and they've had some seat points where it seemed like the season could go off the rails they're under 500 you know at the start of december basically and then they went on this really crazy run the other thing that they have done that you know pops deserves credit for but also DeRozan and aldridge as their main engines are credit for number one in turnover rate offensively um so so that's been good i mean they don't really get to the line a ton uh so it was really it's just the great shooting and then avoiding turnovers avoiding turnovers is something that we still don't think of enough especially in the regular season uh you know i think that strategy doesn't work quite as well offensively in the playoffs but uh yeah so i i missed on that one uh, i'm still i'm still not entirely sure how they've done it so <laughs> with with not even having a great theory on how can, they're doing can, it can we imagine we were how wrong. how much we're going to struggle with their over under next year yeah we'll see what they do in the offseason but there it doesn't seem like big changes are coming necessarily yeah. uh utah looks like they're probably going to go over here uh what are they at now so the Jazz are at 47 and 30, and that means in order to go over, they need to go three and three and two. Their schedule is pretty soft. Yeah, they 49 are, and a half over under. Probably. Yeah, 49 and a half over. So they play Phoenix, Sacramento, and the Lakers, but then they also play the the Spurs, or sorry, the, the Nuggets and the Clippers. So depending on how they do, I, I would say they have three games they should win, and then they could win one of the other two, depending on incentives and everything else. And obviously they're going to be trying because they're trying to get the best seed that they can. And this is dicier than I would have hoped for what I picked as my single number one best bet. And my theory behind that was, I mean, I believed in in Utah's defense. And then I thought offensively, they would figure it out enough. And Utah, 
this year has the point differential, even with their some offensive struggles this year, they have the point differential of a 57 win team. It's just that they've underperformed that by 6.6 wins so far per fi- for Queen Glass. Yeah, I had them at 52 wins. That's looking to be pretty close. You had them at 55, didn't you, before the season? I think I had them at 55 and said there was a chance they could win 60. Yeah, I, you've always been a little bit higher on them. And you know, I think they've been pretty much right in line with what we thought. You know, Donovan Mitchell really struggled at the start of the year uh they've had good health i think part of part of the reason for concern might have been you know if gobert was going to miss time that things could collapse defensively but he's played basically the entire year uh you know mitchell hasn't missed any time either so they've had other injury concerns around those joe ingles hasn't missed any time either those those are their three most important players um so they, they've been relatively healthy which has oh, been good and they, they've I, I, fattened I, up on a the weak schedule late yeah so something that's that's pretty wild about this team so they've underperformed their point differential by that much they have not only they have a positive they're plus 7.7 net rating in clutch which is in close close situations which is within five in the final five minutes they are 15 and 16 so they've underperformed their net rating in those periods of time it's just i think that they've just had all they've had a lot of blowouts and they've had a lot of like closer losses than their wins kind of like the celtic the celtics have i'm not sure if the celtics still have that but they they were in that mode earlier in the season okay so uh, real quickly here uh, our best bets uh, I had Knicks under, Clippers over, Toronto over, and Chicago under. I'm going to win each of those. I'm going to lose Houston over. And you had all of the same, except you had... Uh, I had Utah's Utah. over, and you had the Clippers over. That was our yeah. one difference. I would say if Utah goes over, I win a teensy bit because you had Houston higher on your priority list. Like, you you had it as a better bet than I did, but that's, uh, a, yes. really, that's a really small thing. But overall, I think this was a pretty good year for us. So, I if you... If you kind of project out the ones that aren't settled yet i i will probably go 17 and 12 and then it needs the true toss-up and then you'll go 18 and 11 with one true toss-up so i would say that's pretty good overall yeah i mean that's about where i think for me that i've been all the years that we've been doing this i think i've been kind of in the like 18 19 20 range maybe i need to go to vegas before the start of next year so uh what would you say was your smartest pick i'm pretty proud of denver's over i think that was the thinking that they would be better defensively that Millsap would really help them and and because it's you know it it wasn't as obvious a a call as like saying Chicago or Phoenix or something like that was going to go under so yeah I'm pretty proud of that one uh I would go with the Clippers for mine um for reasons I talked about already what about your dumbest pick hmm I mean I think Washington is probably Washington's probably the easy one here for me what about Kings well, yeah, but I mean, there was, there was, the You're Kings had no it, way to see it coming. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, with, especially because they didn't look good in the preseason. Like it wasn't one of those circumstances where we were tying it to an outdated, an outdated criticism. When we watched them play, they still didn't look good. And it looked like they were going to play the wrong guy. So for me, I would go with the Wizards, just the idea that it was so, it was, it was such a close to a best case scenario for me. And I got, I got kind of the wool over my eyes there. I think that's one where I, I should have seen, I should have seen it coming. And I don't, I don't kill myself for the Kings one, because even though we were more wrong, it was harder to see. Yeah. I, I mean, I do go back and with the information that was available at the time, I mean, maybe just not seeing what Fox was going to do, but I, you know, I, I thought the Kings best case scenario was like 29 wins. You know I mean? I, I like, it wasn't even close to, to seeing this. Um, but I mean, I think just being this far off, I would have to pick that as the dumbest pick. Uh, bad beat for you. I mean, it would have been the Jazz if they lost, but it looks like they're gonna they're gonna go over. Maybe I don't know. Maybe 
Oh, Dallas or Indy, maybe, I guess? Uh, if if either one of the, like, I'm probably going to lose the Dallas one. Indy, Indy would be it for me, I think. If Or or bad tie, if that if that ends up happening. And I could see Dallas for you, too. That that seems fair. Uh, if I if I win that one, I, I'm going to feel lucky to have gotten it. Yeah, not as many bad beats this year. Um, And then, uh, what would you say is a lucky win? Minnesota, maybe? I mean, I, that, no, that I, could... I, thought, I think we uh, had that right. The theory, I mean, the we... theory. Yeah, like, well, I'm trying to think of one where we got the theory, where we got the theory wrong and it won and it, and it won anyway maybe for me san antonio i guess would probably be that because my concept I, I basically it was kind of blind luck that they've ended up for me like i didn't have a sound basis for picking it so i guess that's probably it yeah i would say probably portland for me just because i i was like oh yeah i guess they'll squeak over you know dame's pretty good i you know i i was just way even though i had their over i thought they'd be very slightly over there you get to 52 so that would probably be, I, I think minnesota i think you're being too hard on yourself in minnesota i thought we had exactly the reason why they they ended up falling apart which is all the butler drama um and their defense and their defense falling apart too yeah um yeah so so i think that um my best win over you i'll take the clippers um what is your best win over me denver yeah fair enough uh all right this was fun we'll be back tomorrow gotta get to our awards yes final awards this will be uh although i don't know if that much has changed in the last month so don't listen just listen to the last week or, or last month kidding please listen uh all right we'll talk to you all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.